Good morning. Brothers and sisters, as you just heard me talk about with the kids, today is Rally Day. And it's Rally Day for all of you as adults as well. And whether you arrived on time this morning, or maybe you arrived at 8 a.m. and you've been waiting patiently for two hours for church to get started, or maybe you could just be now getting here, or they may be arriving in the next few minutes, so be on the lookout. Regardless of when you got here this morning, we are glad you are here for All Saints Annual Rally Day. And if you just happen to be one of those people who are visiting and you're looking around and you're saying, wow, this church is very cool. Live jazz music, water slides, bouncy houses. Well, just come back next Sunday because we do this every weekend. Okay, we really don't do it every weekend. Maybe we don't have jazz or water slides or a great chicken feast every Sunday. But the joy, which is what I was talking to the kids about, the joy here in this church today is certainly one of the things we're trying to do every time we gather together in fellowship as a Christian family here in the house of God. And that's why we call this Sunday Rally Day, because we're sending out a call to every single member of this church to rally together and get ready to do the hard work of ministry and faith during the upcoming program year, which kicks off right here and right now. You see, summertime is always that time when everyone tries to get a little time off and to get away. But taking time off gets us all out of the routine of everything, including our weekends and Sunday mornings. And so we're throwing one humdinger of a party today to try and assist in rallying the children of God and inspiring you to get this church back on your weekly schedule. Rally Day is a call to re-engage your faith, to get back to working out your spirit, to get your soul warmed up and moving in rhythm again, rhythm that sounds like this wonderful jazz music that we get to hear this morning. So you can move further in your spiritual growth and health. I mean, how many of you work out your bodies in the gym regularly, and you know what happens when you stop going in for your workout class or when you stop running for a month or when you lay off your diet while you're on vacation for a couple of weeks. If you do that, your body can very easily start slowing down, losing its tone and its energy and dropping off the ladder of the health and wellness that we struggle for. We know this about our physical bodies, right? Well, this morning, I'm here as your spiritual personal trainer. And I'm here to inform you that your spiritual health and wellness can suffer that same downward spiral when you stop working out your inner being and your spirit on a weekly, even on a daily basis, which we're all called to do. So Rally Day is our day to call you back to church to lay out for you all the programs and the activities that are coming up to help you grow in spirit and in Christian discipleship, to move you toward holiness and to help you experience life as God intended you to live it for the good of yourself, for the good of your family, for the good of this community, and yes, even for the good of this world. And let's be honest, that's without question a very big task for us as human beings to take on. And it is the unique kind of hard work because it bears a payoff 
that is just more difficult for us to feel and to see than, say, working out and losing some weight or landing that six-pack set of abs, whatever those are. (laughs) Because of this, because it is something that impacts you inwardly, really it is so much harder to work out your soul than anything else in the modern world. And that's why so many people end up just deciding and saying to me, you know what, I'm spiritual, but I'm just not religious. Or they eventually stop following faith altogether, which that spiritual rather than religious is your first step in the direction of. And believe it or not, that struggle isn't new to the 21st century either. That struggle goes all the way back to the first encounter with the only real Christian spiritual trainer of all time, Jesus of Nazareth. We are for the final Sunday in chapter 6 of John's Gospel at the conclusion of what's been a full month's worth of readings on one of Jesus' toughest teachings on spiritual health and well-being, the consumption of his body and blood, the true food and true drink that can lead us to that one thing that we all need to be seeking out and searching for, which is eternal life. And this morning, rather than simply dealing with the Jewish leaders of Jesus' time, men who we know will never ever accept what Jesus has to say about God in the Holy Scriptures, we begin this morning for the very first time to hear instead from those individuals who have seriously enlisted in this school of faith and spirituality, Jesus' own disciples. And though it may seem insane to compare modern CrossFit to Jesus speaking in the synagogues of Capernaum. The truth is, if we were the first followers of Jesus, walking behind him and listening to his new descriptions of God that was so different, so altered, so extended and expanded beyond everything we'd ever heard before, it most certainly must have been that kind of extreme challenge on so many levels in these disciples' lives. For the past four Sundays, Jesus has been talking or taking an important story from Hebrew Scripture that would have been deeply ingrained in the hearts and minds of everyone in the Jewish community of his time. The story of the manna that came down from heaven and fed the first Israelites who were wandering in the wilderness after they'd been freed from slavery in Egypt in that wonderful story from the book of Exodus. And Jesus is taking that and transforming and reinterpreting that manna into his own flesh and his own blood. He's proclaiming that this new understanding of bread sent down from heaven in the form of Emmanuel, God with us, is that which can only bring life to anyone who is willing to consume it completely. I assure you, from a spiritual religious perspective in ancient Israel, this was as tough and as overwhelming to take on as an Ironman triathlon would be today. So when Jesus says this morning, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them, this is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. When Jesus says these words, it shouldn't be too surprising that immediately we hear that some of those following Jesus cannot accept it any longer, and neither can they follow him any further. 
John's gospel says, when many of the disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? And it also says that because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. Now, as I said before, the gospels are filled with those who refuse to believe or follow Jesus because they are Jewish Pharisees or Sadducees or because they are Roman rulers or the supporters of the Roman authorities in ancient Palestine. But I don't think that there are any other accounts in the gospel aside from the story of Judas Iscariot, of Jesus' own disciples turning their back after one of his moments of teaching and preaching and walking away from him. And this is the one moment that perhaps gives us, I think, the clearest and most historically accurate description of just how challenging and difficult the life and teaching of Jesus of Nazareth truly was for those who were trying to follow after him. Now, we have no real way of knowing how many people were there with Jesus in Capernaum this morning. But we do know that when they turned around and walked away, only... Twelve were left who made it to that next level. The gospel says that Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? And Simon Peter answered Jesus saying, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. This may very well have been the very first example of a rally day within the history of the Christian church. Brothers and sisters, if you focused on these hard readings of the Gospel of John over this past month, and if you've wondered to yourself, who could possibly follow all this in today's world? Or perhaps you've just wondered what the payoff might truly be from Jesus' tough requirements from us to combine body and blood with bread and wine, the physical and the mental parts of our human life with the spiritual and religious pieces of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. If that's been you, and honestly, who could possibly not understand why you think this way, why we all think this way? Then let me ask you just for one moment to turn one more time to this morning's reading that comes to us from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. For it is St. Paul who this morning is telling us that as people of faith, as Christians, we're called to do nothing less as Christ's disciples than to prepare our whole selves, our whole selves, for what we will all be facing. To prepare ourselves for the struggles of pain, to prepare ourselves for loss, to prepare ourselves for failure or disappointment or suffering. It is nothing short, St. Paul will say, than putting on spiritual armor, the whole armor given to us by God. St. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. 
With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There is no question that the hard challenges of Christian faith and practice might leave us all one day saying, this teaching is too difficult, who can accept it? But brothers and sisters, that's why we need to rally around the cross every single season so that we can keep on struggling with it and working to build up this thing Paul calls the armor of God. Because friends, one of these days, maybe it's right here and right now, We are all going to find ourselves in the middle of something that we were not expecting. Something that knocks us off our feet and leaves us fighting to pull ourselves up off the hard ground. This isn't going to just be about strength and energy of your physical body. Because sometimes when you're strong and in the best of shape, you can still have the breath knocked out of you. That's when we need Jesus That's when we'll need to have ourselves covered in that spiritual armor of God. That's when we need a prayer to be said, a sacrament to be given, hands to reach out for us and arms to wrap around us and to hold us up against the darkness of this world. That's when you'll need the body and blood of Jesus Christ to sustain you and help you stand firmly and quench those flaming arrows of the evil one maybe even death itself. That's where the payoff of all of this hard work of the Spirit, which we're rallying behind today, will suddenly become greater than anything else you've ever worked at trying to achieve. So if you're here this morning, you've picked a really good day to come to the church. Let this be the rally day for your spirit as well as the rally day for your joy. Listen again to what Jesus says to us this morning. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Let's rally together today in joy and in the cross. Thanks be to God. Amen.